everybody doing? It's great to see you guys here. Um, so today we get to step out of our comfort zone and we get to have a high school flashback. We're going to do a little math today. I stink at math. I got two plus two, and after that, I got to borrow fingers and toes. It's um, So anywho's, um, before we get started, it's been laying on my heart to pray for people. And so as we pray, I would ask that you, I, I just believe that you'll have people that will just come into your mind, that the Lord will just lay people on your heart as you're praying. And whoever they are, just, and you might not even know them, maybe it might just be a thought to pray for somebody. And just pray for them and lift them up to the Lord. I think that, well, no, I don't think. I know that right now um, we need a lot of prayer in our country and in our world. And uh, I think the first step to making it a better place is to pray. Just my, you know, that's my personal opinion, and I believe it. So, anywho's, if you guys don't mind, we're going to bow and pray, and uh, it'll be what it'll be, okay? So, dear Jesus, Father, I would like to lift up to you, Lord, in prayer, those that are hurt, those that are sick. Lord Jesus, those that have re-suffered a recent loss of a loved one, Father, Lord Jesus, I would like to lift up to you this service. As humble as it is, Lord, may it glorify you, O Lord. Father, Lord Jesus, I would like to lift up to you in prayer that homeless man I saw walking this morning. Father, it's cold outside, and he's homeless. Father, I ask that you would meet his needs, that you would do a special work in his life, Lord Jesus, that you would give him a hug and let him know that you love him, that he didn't go unnoticed. Lord Jesus, I just want to lift up to you that teenager that is really struggling right now, and they have a big decision to make. And Lord, I just pray that you'll be with them, Lord, in a special way. Father, Lord Jesus, I pray for that old man that doesn't know you. He's fought against you his whole life. Lord Jesus, I just ask you, Lord, to be with him in a special way, Lord, that you would make known to him your love for him, that he would believe in you. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is here today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for the crew that came in to help set up and for the crew that stays to help tear it all down. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to come and worship you, Lord, and to celebrate you, O Lord. Father, please be with me as I give the message today, Lord. Please be the words that come out of my mouth. Lord, I love you more than all. And I thank you so much for what you do for us every day, for saving me, Lord. And in your love-filled name I pray, amen. So, I started off, and you'll see me looking down because I don't have a little, you know, we have this thing called a podium, and you'll see it's not here. <laughs> it suffered a tragedy. <laughs> We're working on it. So you'll see me looking down at my little notes here, for, and you'll just have to forgive me for that. So when I started writing this, um, I had to remember, right, be energetic. You know, was, okay, great, so I should check, be off energetic. And I said, don't forget the balloons. Because originally, just before COVID came along, I had planned on handing everybody a balloon. And everybody was going to blow their balloon up and tie it up and hand it to somebody else. And uh, you can't do all that with COVID, right? So that's up. So now, here's where we take our first step out of the comfy zone. Look to somebody you know, left or right, and tell them that you love them. Now, I know that in a church this big, there's a lot of people who don't know everybody. So it shouldn't be hard to do. But look around. Find somebody you don't know and tell them, I love you. How'd that feel? How did that feel to tell somebody you don't know that you love them? Did you mean it when you told them? 
How much do you love them? You know they're not perfect, right? You know they've made mistakes. You know that maybe they are the ones that cut you off in the traffic jam. Maybe they're the ones that you got mad at and you didn't know them that they were in the car in front of you when you lost your temper at them. But you love them. You just told them you did. Do you really love them? Because if you really loved them, that slight that they did against you to hurt you, to provoke you to anger, wouldn't have been received the way it was. It may have annoyed you at first or something like that, but then you would have quickly let it go. Because why? Because you love them, you know that they're human, just like you, and everybody makes mistakes. Now, when we tell somebody we love them, we have a different way of, like, like for example, if I look at, at you and I tell you, I love you. Well, I do love you. If you need anything, you just let me know. I'll do my best to get it for you. And if I can't get it for you, I'll find somebody who can. You know. But do I, how much do I love you? Do I love you enough to let you sleep in one of my spare bedrooms? Stay as long as you need to stay? Okay, you can come over and spend the night, but when I go to work in the morning, you got to go too. That's how much I love you. Keeping it real. Because right. it's kind of creepy have somebody in your house that you don't really know. But you love them. Huh. So anyways. So... Today, I'm going to talk about forgiveness. It's kind of hard to forgive somebody if you don't love them. I don't think you can forgive somebody if you don't love them. You got to love them on some level, right? So, why forgive someone who does something to you? And then, you know, maybe they did something to you that was so bad, you just can't forgive them. It just eats at you the damage that they did to you. It gnaws at your heart constantly. It's in your mind constantly. It breaks you down every time you think about it or every time you let it dominate your thoughts. And you don't know how to get rid of it. And you don't even know if you want to or not. Because they hurt you pretty bad. And, and, and you want to be angry at them. You, that anger is how you are, it's a coping mechanism for you. It's how you are processing this. But now you, sometimes when you carry that anger and that bitterness, it tends to move in. Just like that person I invited to stay in my spare bedroom while I was at work and then decided not to leave. You know, those thoughts, they come into our mind and they take root, and they grow, and they feed the heart, and that hardens our heart. And at some point, hopefully, you realize that the person you've become because of this is not the person that you were. It's not the person that you want to be. And you don't know how to get from point A to point B. You don't know how to let this go. And you know, deep down inside, the only way you're going to be able to become who you want to be, who the best version of yourself that you can be, is to forgive them. And that's really hard to do sometimes. I had a person that hurt me a lot one time. Hurt me pretty bad. And I carried that hurt for a long time. And I knew that I didn't like the person that I, was, that I had become because of it. I didn't like the way it changed my life. I didn't like the way it made me think. I didn't like the way it made me treat other people. It, it just changed everything about me. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that person. And so one day, I realized 
that if I was going to be able to let this go, to get it out of my head, to get it out of my heart, to get it, just put it, just get rid of it, that I was going to have to forgive this person. And so, over time, it didn't happen instantly, I can tell you. But over time, God began to do a work in my heart that enabled me to be willing to forgive this person. Now, this person may never, ever, ever, more than likely won't, ever come to me and ask me for forgiveness for what they did. But that's between them and God. For me personally, I had to get to a place where I could forgive them. And I did forgive them. And I'm going to tell you how you know that you've truly forgiven someone. If if your heart breaks when you see them suffering, if your heart breaks for their suffering, that's love. That's how you know you've forgiven them. And it's a miraculous thing to experience and it's getting ready to lead to our math question. I hate math. I'm trying to avoid it, to be honest with you. So, when your heart breaks at the, at, for the suffering of those that have hurt you the most, that's how you know you've forgiven them. And I can't go to the person that hurt me and say, I forgave you. What? I'm, who am I? You know, well, I'm just going to walk up to their house and say, you know that thing you did to me? That, yeah, I forgive you for it. Well, that would make me a little bit arrogant, wouldn't it? It certainly wouldn't serve any purpose. It wouldn't do any good. Maybe they don't even realize they need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe they're not sorry and they don't want to be forgiven. So for me to go to them and say, I forgive you for what you did. It's like pouring water on the concrete. It's not going to grow anything, is it? But what it did do by me getting to that point within my own heart, it it gave me the ability so that the day, if it ever happens, if they ever come to me and say, Tracy, I'm sorry. I can look at them and say, for what? For what? You didn't do anything to me. That's forgiveness. You know, we've all heard it said that forgiving someone is, it's, I'm paraphrasing because scatterbrained, squirrel. Um, <laughs> the, the, it's that forgiving someone means that you're relinquishing, you're giving up your right to ever be mad or angry or hold it against them. Ever. And we've heard that before. And yeah, that's true. It's just that to be able to get to that point with my own heart, I couldn't do that on my own. God had to lead me and guide me and teach me. And then I was able to forgive like that. There is a story in the Bible that most of us know and it's nearing the crucifixion Jesus is standing there on one side and you got an insurrectionist a murderer probably a thief I'm not calling the guy a thief but he wasn't a good dude Barabbas on the other side. And the people got to choose. Who do they want to be set free? Jesus, who had done nothing. 
or Barabbas? A known felon. And the people said, give us Barabbas. Barabbas went on his way. He was free to go. What Barabbas didn't know was Jesus loved him enough to let him go. Jesus could have just said, hey, you know, he could have spoke up for himself. He could have defended himself. He didn't. Would you be willing to let Barabbas go? If you were standing there? Would you be willing to take a beating for someone? You saw someone getting beaten. Would you walk up and say, hey, wait a minute. If you're that angry, let them go. Beat me instead. That's love. Now, how much do you really love the person that you just told them that you loved them? You love them like this much? Or do you love them like this much? Do you love them enough to forgive them? Do you love them enough to help them get, if they ask for it, to get, you know, from point A to point B? to share your story with them so that they too can begin the process of growing in their knowledge and growing in faith that they're able to say, I forgive you to someone who's hurt them a lot. Sometimes, you know what? Some people have been blessed. Some people have managed to make it through their whole life without anybody ever hurting them except themselves. I'm not that lucky. To share your story with But a lot of people have to forgive themselves. So that they too Do you love yourself enough to forgive yourself? Of growing and they're not. What does it feel like to forgive somebody? We're still leading to the math question, which I don't like. But what does it feel like to forgive someone? You naturally, you're going to think of liberating or uh, uplifting um, like a weight's been lifted and that's pretty much true I mean it is a weight, a burden you've decided to let it go, not carry it anymore have you ever asked someone for forgiveness and not gotten it have you ever done somebody so wrong that you went at some point in the future, you came back to them and you apologized and you said, please forgive me. And they're like, slam the door on you. Don't answer, whatever. Did, what do you do in that? You know, you, you wanted to forgiveness. I can imagine that hurts. It's disappointing. You imagined things would go better than they did. But that's really secondary. The primary thing is, is that you got to a place within your heart that you got the courage up to go ask forgiveness, that you got to a place within your own heart and mind that you knew that you needed to go and ask for forgiveness to try to right a wrong. And so where the opportunity was for growth for the both of you, they weren't ready to grow yet. But you grew and should the opportunity to ever present itself in the future when their heart softens. Maybe you'll get a chance to tell them you're sorry in the future. Maybe they're not ready to hear it right now. Maybe they still want to be angry. Maybe they still want to be hurt. Some of this stuff, some things in life are hard to get over. 
And it's just, you know, that you got to a place within your heart. Stuff, some things in life are um, hard to get over. No, oh, the math question. I don't want to do the math question. And it's just, you know, that you got to two a place plus two life. equals um, four, right? So, when I had that little equation, 2 plus 2 equals 4, pop in my head, I had to flash back to grade school, and I remember something, and the teacher said something about, you know, addition means that uh, the end result is it's more than the individual parts. I don't remember something. Like I said, I'm not even good with math. But what I did was, is I thought about in the addition mindset of things ending up more than the sum of their individual parts kind of thing going on there, is, well, one, you can't forgive without love. So love has to be one of the numbers of the equation. And then forgiveness. So forgiveness well, plus love equals what? So forgiveness plus love equals what? Y'all weren't any good at math either? Okay, cool. What I think it is, forgiveness plus love equals healing, a renewal of inner peace, of joy, Freedom from the burden that you were carrying around in your heart and in your mind. Whenever Satan throws that thought back at you again, I can say, I've already forgave him and move on. I, it doesn't have to affect me anymore. When I remember the person that hurt me, when I got to that point that I've forgave them, truly forgave them. I remember every now and then over the couple of years after that, every now and then this person's name would come up in conversation. I used to when their name came up in conversation, it would be, it would bring about instant memory of what happened, you know, instant. Now, there was a time when that happened. I would dwell on it. I would begin to just like simmer and, you know, like a pot under pressure, just boiling in there. And it would eat at me. But then, once I got to the point where I was able to forgive them, and that happened, well, because I had forgiven them, I deprived Satan of one of his weapons that he used to use against me. I'm sorry, you're not using that arrow against me anymore. Break it, throw it off to the side. He's got plenty of others he can shoot at me, believe me. But he ain't using that one anymore. Go team. So for me, forgiveness plus love equals healing, peace, renewal of joy. But there's a power, there's, a, there's an amplifier that comes along with that. There's a bonus point that comes along with that. Forgiveness also gives you the power to forget. One day, if this person ever does show up in my life and says, I'm sorry, and I can say, for what? I truly have forgotten 99.9%. .9%. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say I've forgotten everything that ever happened. No, I'm not. But I truly have forgotten almost everything. I do remember what happened, sure. And I use that now as a teaching tool to help other people that have gone through or are going through the same thing that I went through, right? And that's one of the great things about God and how he does things. You know, he doesn't want to, he didn't want me to experience what I go through, what I went through. He doesn't want you to go through what you went through or you to go through what you went through. But it happens in this life because we live in a broken world. So what does God do? God makes the most beautiful things using a toolbox full of broken tools. 
and he takes the ugly in this world and somehow doing only what he can do turns it into something beautiful as an example allowing what happened to me and allowing what's happened to many others for us to be able to use that to help other people in other words we've made it's become beautiful now we, we're helping them to grow we're helping them to discover themselves and become the the best version of themselves that God created them to be and to me that I don't look at the ugly part. I see it, but I look over it. I see the beauty that's beyond it, that's coming. I can see through the hurt because I've been in it. I see the hope that's coming because it's, I'm, I'm living in it. It's not dark at the end of the tunnel. It's light, and it's coming closer. I'm, I'm getting to it. I can see through the tunnel. I'm not scared of the dark because my eyes aren't focused on the dark. My eyes are focused on the light at the end of it. All I'm seeing is the, the light. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it, yeah, it works for me. Okay, so. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I've already said that part. I skipped ahead of my notes. You got to bear with me. This is a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Okay. So, imagine, how do you, how do you teach forgiveness? I mean, as a parent, let's say you're a parent, you got a couple of children at home, your wife at home, or a husband at home. Times are tough in 2020 financial resources or <laughs> if they're there at all your weekly hours have been reduced through no fault of your own it's just the way it goes in the economy we're in money's tight but you made a little bit extra a week ago and you saved your money so you're going to splurge so you call Papa John's or DoorDash, and you place an order for some really nice food, and DoorDash shows up, Papa John shows up, and because of COVID, they don't actually like open the door and hand it to you like they used to. Have a nice day. Here's your tip. Then they leave it out on the shrub or on the porch for you and let you know, hey, we dropped it off. But at some point before, between you got the message that your food is here and you get to the front door to open it, to get it, somebody has come along and you see them running down the street with your food. Now, you, your family, that was your supper that night. You, 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 times are tough. The cabinets are getting bare. You splurged because you, you needed to. You wanted to. You wanted to remind yourself. And, you know, it's just a good positive thing going. You know, let's share some love. Have a great family night. But you saw somebody running off down the street with their food. What do you do about it? Well, do you yell at them as they run off down the street? Do you chase after them trying to get your food back? You're angry because now your kids are stuck eating half of a peanut butter sandwich or something, right? When they were going to be noshing on some Papa John's or whatever. And I bring this story up because that recently happened to a friend of mine. They ordered food. It got delivered before they could get to the door. Off it went. And they were very angry about that. And I understand that. I don't, I wouldn't like it if it happened to me. And I pointed out to him, not in a self-righteous way. I didn't even tell him to forgive the person. I just said, be at peace. Don't, don't let the, I know this stinks. I wouldn't like it either. But because I have been forgiven, 
it's easier for me. I don't like the things that happen in this world like that. But it's easier for me to look at the offender and understand. I can rationalize why they did what they did. It doesn't make it right. If they get caught, they're going to jail. I will be there to testify against them, you know. But maybe that person is in a worse financial situation than you are. Maybe. Maybe they're not. But how you take a moment like that and process it and respond to it is what's most important. And you, you, I don't know how to say it other than sometimes in life you got to let go of things, pick your battles, that kind of thing. Um, it's just a great opportunity to demonstrate to your family how they could best represent Christ if you're a Christian home, which my friends are. They didn't get the shotgun and run outside and kablooey to get their food back. You know, they, they were angry about it. And they called the company and reported it, but nothing's going to happen from it. So they have a choice to make. Do they let this eat on them and cause them to be angry, which is just going to con- just continue to grow? Or are they going to cut it off at the head, let it, and just take that deep breath, remember that they themselves have been forgiven, and just pray for the person that stole their food. And instead of saying, I hope you choke to death on my chicken, you know, hope that cordon blue tastes like junk, and wishing them ill, bless them. Bless those that persecute you, right? Well, that's a form of persecution. He stole your food. Bless him or them, her, whoever it is. Pray for them. Love on them. You're not doing it for their sake. You're doing it for yours. Now, in the future, if they ever come back to you and say, I'm sorry I stole your food 20 years ago, you can honestly say you've forgotten about it until they reminded you, right? You can say there's nothing to forgive. Don't worry about it. You, you know, it's, it's done. It's over with. You, you know, I appreciate you. And you love on them. But you wouldn't be able to love on them if you were still holding that grudge if you hadn't forgiven them. So we forgive people for their sake if they ask for it. But mostly it's for us, for ourselves. Um, uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Kind of a short message today. Bit scattered. That's me. One more thing. How many times are you supposed to forgive somebody? Well, now... That brings to mind, naturally, the the Bible verse that I'm going to read. But if you're in an abusive relationship and your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, child abuses you and they come to you and say, I'm sorry, forgive me, and you forgive them, it means you, you love them. You don't like what they did. You don't approve of what they did, but you forgive them. And they do it again. Now, I'm telling, I'm saying, if it was me, I'm out of there. I'll forgive you the once, but I'm not going to let you do it to me twice. Certainly not three or four or five times. But Peter must have had something like that going on in his life at the time 
because he went and asked the Lord, how many times do I forgive them? Handy dandy bookmark, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother or sister sin against me and I forgive him or her? How many times I got to forgive somebody? Seven times? You know, the Bible does say turn the other cheek. Now, how many times am I supposed to forgive them? He said, until seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. In as many times as you've been forgiven, we are to forgive. Forgiveness is like um, miracle grow, it seems like to me. It seems like my heart is a fertile ground. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a beautiful cultivated plot of soil, and it's got beautiful things growing in it. Nothing that's growing in me, in my heart right now, in my beautiful garden, is going to grow without fertilizer. And that's kind of what forgiveness is, seems like to me. It seems like forgiveness is fertilizer. It makes me grow. It makes me grow more beautiful. It makes me a better human being. It makes me more Christ-like. I never thought of that till just now. I kind of like the person I am right now today. I definitely like the person I'm going to become. Do you? What do you need? Do you need to ask forgiveness from someone? Is there somebody that you've hurt, that you've wronged? Is the Lord touching your heart right now that you need to forgive someone? Or has someone come to you recently and said, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And you, because you weren't ready for that yet, you declined, you didn't forgive them. Maybe you didn't believe them when they said that, which is possible. But you don't know what God's doing in their heart. Maybe God did a radical transformation in their heart and led them to the place where they we're able you see so if you need forgiveness if you need to forgive I don't I don't think you can truly forgive someone unless you've been first truly forgiven I think you can say it like we said I love you a while ago. But I don't know that you can truly forgive until you've been truly forgiven. I know that someone either sitting here with us in church today or watching online has never faced, never confronted, never been willing to let go and ask for forgiveness for themselves, for the things that they've done wrong, not only towards others, to themselves, but the sins against God. And we're all born sinners. We all need forgiveness. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why Jesus took Barabbas' place and went up on the cross and died and was crucified. And that's why he rose again on the third day. If you need to be truly forgiven, 
Jesus is right there waiting eagerly to forgive you. He says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All who come to me and will no wise cast out. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's right there. He's wanting you to let him in. He's wanting to forgive you. It's free. You don't have to do anything but believe and ask him. Believe and you shall receive. How many prosperity gospels and preachers and teachers and motivational speakers have we heard say that? It's true. <laughs> you got to believe to receive. If you need help believing, he can help with that too. So I'm going to go ahead and say a little prayer. And if there's anyone here that needs someone to talk to about forgiveness or anything else that's going on, we have to my right, your left, this nice cozy little place called the garden. And in there, we have a care room, and we have people that you can talk to. Believe me, there's nothing we haven't. Okay, there, I can think of one thing I've never heard. But there are people who care, who want to try to help, and they want to listen to your story. Everybody has a story, and every story matters, just as every person matters. So if you need someone to talk to, please come to the garden, and we'll be there for you. If you need to accept Christ, I'm going to say a little prayer. And we like to pray it out loud here for the sake of those who haven't. And this just provides them, well, it serves as a reminder. You know if the Lord's touching your heart right now. You know. Yeah, you know. Please don't turn away from him. He's offering you forgiveness. Please take it. Okay. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I acknowledge you as Lord, please come into my heart. Help me be the person that you want me to be. I'm Receive you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, somebody prayed something similar to it, you're forgiven. I hope, I know you will. But I look forward, even though I may not ever see you, I look forward to the journey that you're going to take, that you're now on because it's such a beautiful and exciting journey that you're going to walk and you're going to have the Lord Jesus himself beside you every step of the way and he's going to lead you and guide you and teach you it's, it's like what I said about the fertilizer a while ago it's almost as if you stepped into the feed and seed and all the fertilizer you ever needed showed up at your house. <laughs> I can't, I don't know how to describe it. I just know you're in for one beautiful journey. I'm so happy for you. Wow. What a joy. Next weekend, our very own Zach Cromer 
is going to finish up our Reclaimed series and share his story. I really think you'll get a lot out of it, and I look forward to seeing each and every one of you again next week as we go. And um, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for letting me uh, share the message today. And now it's his turn. Stay with me.
Thank you so much, man. That's beautiful. I love that song. And I love to hear y'all sing it. It's just wonderful. So right now we're going to close. Uh, we'll time to gather around. Uh, social distance, uh, COVID distancing thing going on there. But we normally do what we call like the roundup thing. Uh, everybody gathers together. So I'm going to see us off. Don't forget, tune in next week. Um, when you show up, we're going to have the end of the finishing of our uh, Reclaim series, which has just been really, really wonderful uh, to, to hear all these stories and what the Lord is doing for these uh, each and every one of these people that are shared. It's just been amazing. All right, so thank you, Lord Jesus, so much that you allow us to come and worship you, that you, Lord Jesus, walk life, Father, that you, Father, provide a way for us. Lord Jesus, you are just more than I can describe. You are our hope. You are our anchor. You are the good shepherd. You, O oh Lord, alone are worthy. Thank you, Jesus, so much for loving us, for setting us free and forgiving us. Thank you, Lord, for touching the hearts that were touched today. Thank you, Jesus, that your word doesn't go out void. Return void. Thank you. In your love-filled name, Jesus, I pray. Thank you so much. Amen.